In today's brief, we'll talk about the Kohovka Dam, what's up with the counteroffensive, and Oreos. I'm Linnea, and today is Tuesday, June thirteenth, two thousand twenty-three. You're listening to the Ukraine War Brief podcast, where we bring you up to speed on the war in Ukraine in about twenty minutes or less. Let's get started with the news from the front. At the time of recording, Ukrainian Deputy Minister of Defense Hanna Malyar had reported that the settlements of Blahodatne, Neskuchne, Makarivka, Storozhove, Lobkove, Levadne, and Novodarivka in the Donetsk region have been liberated. Head of the Zaporizhia Regional Military Administration Yuri Malashko reported that three aerial bombs hit the city of Orihiv, killing one and wounding another. The general staff of the armed forces of Ukraine reported that Russian forces made unsuccessful advances in the Donetsk Oblast, in Marinka, Avdiivka, and in the Bakhmut area near Ivanivske and Bilohora. Russian forces also made unsuccessful attempts to advance toward Bilohorivka, the one in Luhansk. The general staff also reported that Ukrainian forces downed a Ka-52 Alligator helicopter, according to the Oryx database. The Russian Federation has lost at least 35 alligators in Ukraine. To be clear, I mean the helicopters. The Institute for the Study of War, or ISW, noted that the Ukrainian armed forces are now trying to conduct an extremely difficult tactical operation, that is, to carry out a frontal attack on prepared defensive positions without air superiority, and the difficulties and losses in the first battles in the south. Can't be extrapolated to the entire counteroffensive. ISW emphasizes, quote, "It is not surprising that Ukrainian forces are suffering losses during the initial attacks against some of the best prepared Russian forces in Ukraine." End quote. British intelligence has described Russia's efforts to strengthen its position as quote, "one of the largest military defense systems the world has ever seen." End quote. While Russia has transferred 90% of its own reserves to the Zaporizhia region, Ukraine has only transferred 25%, according to German publication Welt. In a comment for Sky News, head of the Defense Committee of the British Parliament, Tobias Elwood, agreed, saying, quote, "The main front of the Ukrainian potential is still in reserve, ready for the main strike." The Russians do not know where it will be, but we can see the chaos between the Wagner Group and the Russian troops. End quote. According to Deputy Minister of Defense Malyar, Russian forces are transferring the most combat-effective units from the Kherson direction. Malyar said, quote, "Obviously, the undermining of the Kohovka HPP, that would be the hydroelectric power plant, was carried out to prevent the offensive of the armed forces of Ukraine in the Kherson direction and release the necessary reserves for their transfer to the Zaporizhia and Bakhmut directions." End quote. The International Criminal Court, or ICC, has opened an investigation into the destruction of the dam. According to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, court representatives have already visited Kherson and seen, quote, with their own eyes, the consequences of this Russian terrorist attack, and heard for themselves that Russian terror continues. End quote. Flooding in the Kherson region has almost halved, according to the Ukrainian Regional Military Administration. Which emphasizes that the roads between villages are gradually being drained, but not all are yet usable, and the flood level is currently just over four meters.
The level of the Kohovka Reservoir in the Nikopol district dropped by a meter in the last 24 hours, and Ukrhydroenergo reports that since the Russian attack, the water level has dropped more than 7 meters in total. About 94% of Kherson's irrigated land has been left without water. Kherson's steppes, where cereals, oil crops, watermelons, tomatoes, peppers, aubergines, and other vegetables were grown thanks to a system of irrigation canals, may turn into deserts over the next year. The current crop of watermelons in the flooded areas of the region have been washed away almost entirely. In the Kharkiv region in northeastern Ukraine, three Shahed-131-136 kamikaze drones struck a business in the Bohodohiv district, causing a fire. There was no information on casualties at the time of recording. Shaheds also struck Bilopilia in the Sumi region, destroying three buildings. Some good news. Some good news, though. 95 Ukrainian prisoners of war returned home in the last exchange, according to the head of the Office of the President of Ukraine, Andriy Yermak. Notably, those returned to Ukraine included defenders from Mariupol and Azovstal, Chernobyl, Zmini, or Snake Island, and Bakhmut. The list includes servicemen of the armed forces of Ukraine, the National Guard, and border guards. Ukrainian intelligence reports that Russia is allegedly preparing for a terrorist attack at the Crimean Titan plant in occupied Armyansk. Crimean Titan is a chemical manufacturer, and the company's facilities have been blowing up over the past several days. Reportedly, explosives have been placed in and around the plant. The release of chemicals following an explosion could easily become yet another ecological disaster. It's likely that the media blackout in the Kherson region is to protect civilian evacuation from the flooded areas of the occupied left bank. For that reason, we will not be reporting on evacuation efforts unless announced by Ukrainian government officials. Russian shelling killed three and injured ten, including two law enforcement officers, while they were evacuating from flooded areas of occupied Kherson. Russian forces also shot a boat with civilians who were evacuating from the left bank, injuring six people. 112 civilians have been evacuated from flooded areas in occupied Kherson so far, including 54 women and seven children, according to the Ukraine Regional Military Administration. Occupation authorities have placed occupied Holopristan under quarantine, preventing evacuations altogether. While the water level in the town is falling, it still reaches up to two meters in some areas. Because one apparently wasn't enough, Russian forces blew up yet another dam. Valery Shershin, spokesman of the Ukrainian Defense Forces of the Tavria region, reported that the occupiers blew up a dam on the Mokryale River in the Donetsk region between Staromlinivka and Novopetrikivka. Speaking of explosions, in the occupied Zaporizhia region, partisans blew up a railway bridge in Yakimivka, and there were explosions and artillery strikes reported in Tokmak and Melitopol, according to illegal occupation administrator Vladimir Rogov. A missile attack on warehouses and bases of the Russian armed forces in the village of Tavria in the occupied Kherson region resulted in 68 vehicles destroyed or damaged. 
Mayor of Melitopol, Ivan Fedorov, reported that a diesel locomotive belonging to occupation forces was destroyed in the train depot. It's not clear if this was one of the explosions reported yesterday or in addition to those. The Russian Ministry of Defense, or MOD, reported an unsuccessful attack by six Ukrainian maritime drones on the Black Sea Fleet reconnaissance ship Priazovia, roughly 300 kilometers from Sevastopol. Russian military correspondents reported that the Russian chief of staff of the 35th Combined Arms Army, Major General Sergei Goryachev, was killed in the Zaporizhia region as a result of Ukrainian rocket fire. Let's talk about developments theater-wide and outside Ukraine. A Russian missile strike on Kriviri in the Dnipropetrovsk oblast severely damaged apartment buildings, private homes, and cars, and as of the time of recording, had left six dead and 25 wounded. Search and rescue operations continue. The United Arab Emirates, or UAE, Minister of Climate Change and Environment, Mariam Almeri, visited Ukraine and met with President Zelensky to discuss humanitarian aid to Ukraine and the involvement of the UAE in the president's peace plan. For the first time, the Kyiv Pichersk Lavra, also known as the Kyiv Monastery of the Caves, prayed for the repose of Hetman Ivan Mazepa, a Cossack military leader who was excommunicated and condemned by the Russian Orthodox Church in 1708 for working against Moscow's rule. This was a historic event for the Lavra, which obviously held no such services while under the Moscow Patriarchate. President Zelensky signed a law making May 8th the Day of Remembrance and Victory over Nazism in World War II. Previously, Ukraine celebrated victory against Nazi Germany on May 9th like Russia does. In 2015, then-President Petro Poroshenko changed the holiday's name from Victory Day, which is used by Moscow. The United Nations reportedly wants to wait a few weeks before making conclusions about the damage and consequences for health and the environment caused by the destruction of the Kohovka HPP, according to UN Deputy Secretary General Martin Griffiths. Deputy Secretary General Griffiths did, however, note that it is currently known that 700,000 people have lost access to clean drinking water. The head of Ukr Hydroenergo, Ihor Serota, announced that as a result of the destruction of the Kohovka Dam, four Ukrainian oblasts will have problems with water supply and water will not flow to Crimea from the Kohovka Reservoir for, quote, at least a year, end quote. So far, 10 people have reportedly died in the Kherson region due to the destruction of the dam, and 42 people, including seven children, are considered missing, according to Ukrainian Minister of Internal Affairs Ihor Klemenko. Eight deaths were reported in Kherson Oblast and two in Mykolaiv Oblast. Casualties on the Russian-occupied east bank of the Dnipro River are yet to be confirmed. International Atomic Energy Agency, or IAEA, Director General Rafael Grossi will be traveling to Ukraine to meet with President Zelensky and assess the situation at the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant. According to the Ukrainian Ministry of Environment, the Kohovka Reservoir has dropped by 72%, having lost over 14,000 cubic kilometers of water. 
the bottom of the reservoir isn't the only thing that's been exposed over the last few days. Human remains, some believed to be from the Second World War, have been found on the dramatically receded shoreline. State emergency services in Ukraine conducted an audit of bomb shelters and found that 23.6 were unsuitable for use, and another 9.3% were straight-up closed. German Chancellor Olaf Scholz announced to the Congress of the German Protestant Church in Nuremberg that he'd had a conversation with Russian President Vladimir Putin, saying, quote, I plan to do it again soon. It is unreasonable to force Ukraine to approve and accept an attack that Putin carried out and that parts of Ukraine just became Russian, end quote. According to Kremlin press secretary and swamp monster Dmitry Peskov, no further talks with Schultz are planned. Scandinavian countries have announced a boycott of the company Mondelez due to continued sales of their products in Russia. Mondelez produces Oreo cookies, Barney cookies, Milka chocolate, Alpen gold, and Toblerone. They still operate three plants in Russia. The president of the Czech Republic, Petr Pavel, met with a Ukrainian girl who had been bullied in a Czech school. Reportedly, classmates asked the girl if she was Russian, and when she responded that she was Ukrainian, the other students insulted her and spat in her face. President Pavel wrote, quote, I condemn bullying, humiliation, and violence in schools in general, and in the case of a child who had to leave their country and friends because of the war, and to whom we granted asylum, it is especially shameful. End quote. In an interview with La Repubblica, the head of the Italian foreign ministry, Antonio Tajani, stated, quote, At the NATO summit in Vilnius, we will determine the path of Ukraine's accession. But the accession will take place only after the end of the war. End quote. In response to questions about Italy's aid to Ukraine, Tahani noted that Rome is, quote, doing what is necessary. We don't send F 16s simply because we don't have them. End quote. Adding that Rome supports Ukraine's accession to the European Union. Former Italian Prime Minister and a bit of a fascist, Silvio Berlusconi has died at the age of 86. Moving on. The next Rammstein Working Group meeting, which will be held on June 15th in Brussels, will include discussion of the training of Ukrainian pilots and the opening of repair and equipment hubs, according to Ukrainian Minister of Defense Alexei Reznikov. Dutch Minister of Defense Kaisa Ollengren told Reuters on June 12th that the Netherlands and other allies were hoping to start F-16 fighter jet training for Ukrainian pilots this summer. The State Fire and Rescue Service of Poland sent 10 tanks, 10 motorized pumps, and a flood control unit with two boats to Ukraine to help mitigate the consequences of the explosion at the Kachovka Dam. Poland's willingness to help Ukrainian refugees, however, is decreasing, according to a survey conducted by the Research Laboratory of the University of Warsaw and the Academy of Economics and Humanities. In just five months, the percentage of respondents who believe Poland should help Ukraine during the war has decreased from 62% to 42%. Even fewer Poles, currently 35%, have a strongly positive attitude toward the assistance provided by Poland. Ukraine's intelligence says they still do not know the whereabouts of prisoners handed over to Hungary by Russia, as previously announced by the Russian Orthodox Church. Russian Minister of Defense Sergei Shoigu ordered that all so-called volunteer detachments that are at the front in Ukraine 
must negotiate contracts with the Russian MOD by July 1st. Effectively, this means that PMC Wagner and the dozens of other PMCs that have cropped up will be under the control of the Russian MOD. Self-declared president of Belarus, Alexander Lukashenko, reportedly transferred 131.5 thousand tons of ammunition to the Russian Federation in the first year of the large-scale invasion, just in case folks were inclined to give him too much credit for refusing to put boots on the ground in Ukraine. Commander of the Russian Volunteer Corps, or RDK, Denis Nikitin, was present at the prisoner of war exchange where every Russian soldier was given the option to be exchanged back to Russia or to join the RDK. Vladislav Ismailov, a PMC Wagner mercenary who had been freed from a Samara prison to serve in the PMC before being captured in November 2022, PMC Wagner leader, PMC Wagner leader Yevgeny Prigozhin confirmed the prisoner's identity and promised to, quote, find and kill him. Totally unrelated fun fact, did you know that Yevgeny Prigozhin wrote a children's book? Because he did. Russian ideologue and Putin advisor Alexander Dugin appears to have entered some kind of delirium, suggesting that Russia respond to the Ukrainian offensive by sending new forces to Kharkiv and Odessa. The denial is honestly palpable. The Russians have installed an anti-vehicle ditch and so-called dragon's teeth at the point where the borders of Ukraine, Russia, and Belarus converge because that's been super effective at stopping Ukrainian tank crews so far. According to the Stockholm International Peace Research Institute, or SIPRI, Russia and the United States are increasing the number of deployed nuclear warheads. Reportedly, the U.S. has increased their number of deployed nuclear warheads to 1,770 and Russia to 1,674. The U.S. and the Russian Federation possess almost 90% of the world's nuclear weapons. U.S. President Joe Biden's administration proposed to include six more permanent members of the U.N. Security Council who will not have the right to veto. Because everyone knows the only way to stop a bad guy with veto power is with six other countries without... You know what? Never mind. And that's what we know. Join us on YouTube and TikTok for more Ukraine content and live news reports. And please consider supporting our work on Patreon. You'll find the links in the description. We'll be back tomorrow with more updates. Until then, stay safe, everyone.